Welcome to the Entre Pastors Podcast. This show helps pastors think, act, and thrive as prosperous entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Les Hughes and John Sanders. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Entre Pastors Podcast. My name is John Sanders. I'm one of the co-hosts here with my better half. Uh, is that okay to introduce you as my better uh, half, Les? That makes you a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Me too. I just cringed there for a minute. Let's come up with something better. So welcome, Les. Good to have you on the show. Hey, good to see you, John. John, one of the things I noticed about you, actually noticed that's there that's not today, is that uh, you're not wearing a cap and you got little hair product in there like you like it. For anybody <laughs> that wants to go watch the... YouTube video. I mean, uh, that's pretty impressive, man. You're embarrassing me. Yeah, I had to get cleaned up. I had a couple appointments today outside the home, yeah. so had to actually nice. get ready for the world. So glad you noticed. Thanks, Les. I even put on cologne, sure. so thanks for calling <laughs> that out. Appreciate that. Sure, man. Awesome. Well, hey, today on the show, we've got a great interview lined up that you and I did a while back with a couple by the name of Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. They have got a awesome podcast that they do together as a husband and wife called the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. And they're not necessarily pastors in the sense that they don't lead a church, and uh, I would contend they do pastor a whole lot of people uh, in their ministry, which is helping couples in their marriage. But why why would we highlight them on our show, Les? What, what's the purpose of bringing a non-pastor couple on? Like, What do we want to hear? <laughs> I mean, a couple of reasons. First of all, for anybody that's going down that informational path, they are all over it. I mean, they're uh, prolific speakers and authors, you know, writers in their own right. One of the things that I thought was really cool about what they're doing, John, is that they they are both successful and, and prolific on their own, but they're also doing it right as a team, man. And sometimes that has its own challenges, but I know that we're talking to men and women who, um, who have husbands and wives that are very gifted and talented themselves. And so sometimes that's not easy to pull off as a couple, but they're doing it right. in, in my opinion. So anybody that's doing that together, you're going to be encouraged by this interview. Absolutely. And again, just to highlight like for those in our audience that are attracted to that information-based pathway where you have taken a message or intellectual product, uh, a property, and you're monetizing that, you're building a business around that, serving people. That's really why we're highlighting Tony and Elisa. We, we, they have a great story. They're serving thousands and thousands of people through their podcast, their book, their live events, their coaching and they're just a great example of what that information-based pathway looks like. So we had a great conversation with them, and we're excited to share that with you now. So without any further ado, here is our interview with Tony and Elisa. Check this out. Well, Tony and Elisa, welcome to the Entree Pastors Podcast. We're so glad to have you guys on the show. Thank you. Yes, we love it. So it happens when you're married. We always want to like jump in first. <laughs> I know Les and I, we're not married just to be clear, but Les and I have that same, that the same dynamic when we get interviewed. Sometimes we're like, who's going first? Who's going to exactly. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're learning to fight like a married couple sometimes. Les and I, <laughs> there you go. Well, guys, uh, I'm, I'm excited about our conversation today. I'd love for you to start by just giving a little bit of an introduction to our audience. You guys are not pastors from the sense that you're not like leading a church, a congregation, and yet 
you absolutely are in ministry, uh, at least as, as far as I see it. So tell us a little bit about that ministry and uh, just your background, kind of how you guys got to be here doing what you're doing, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so Tony and I have been married for 25 years, yep. and um, the first 11, 12, not so great. And because of that, because we found ourselves at the crossroads of looking at divorce, trying to figure out how to do marriage well, we we in gosh, 14 years ago now, 14, yeah. 14 years ago now, um, embarked on a journey to really study marriage and to learn how to do marriage well, because when we were at our crossroads, when we were trying to figure out, are we going to stay married? Or are we going to get divorced? We couldn't find resources that actually spoke to who we were. Mm-hmm. And in 2010, we launched the one extraordinary marriage show. And we've been podcasting worldwide now since then. We're getting ready to record episode 700 here shortly. But God has just really given us a platform literally to be heard around the world through the podcast, through our books, courses, to encourage and give hope to marriage. I love that. Tony, you have anything you want to add to that? I would say the one thing that has been interesting in that time frame is that we never felt like this was something we were going to be doing full time. Mm-hmm. It was something that we stepped into. We felt like there was a call on our life to, to get the word out, to talk mm-hmm. about marriage open, honestly, and transparently. And over the 12 years since we started, we've grown, we've learned, we've built. So with what you see now isn't what we start, isn't how we started. It's been a process of getting there. Yeah. That's so good. It's hopeful. That, that's kind of encouraging for a pastor that might be looking down the path of doing something similar. They have a message they want to share with the world and and maybe build a, a business around that. But to hear that sometimes I think we get told these, you know, overnight success stories where we believe that, man, you start a podcast today and tomorrow the, the money's just pouring into your account. Mm-hmm. And the truth is there's a, there's a grind to this. There's a lot. Of, did you guys set out? It doesn't sound like it from what you just said. Did you set out to make this a business from the start, or was this more just a thought of we have a message we want to share and and we need to get it out to people? It, it was a message we wanted to share. Uh, having been in business, I've run other businesses. I was looking at it from a standpoint of how can we um, how can we touch lives? And my thought more than anything was just doing books and, and digital resources, and it's evolved over time. But it wasn't where it is today. I think it was more like, hey, it would be great if if what we're doing, we could pay for, you know, hosting and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the little things that we had going on, you know, CRM, this sort of thing, you know, email server t- type of thing. But it never was a, oh, my gosh, we're going to we're going to do this. And all of a sudden we're going to be we have everything down and we know exactly what we want to do now. I got a lot of questions that are coming to my mind. One is, let's just back up from the marriage standpoint for just a moment. What was it that you found lacking? Because certainly there were other marriage books and resources, but you didn't find those that were like really hitting a target with you guys. So, and I have a point in asking this question that that I want to make, but first I want to hear your, your answer to it. So what was it that you guys were like, man, the world needs this, like, this is what we, we needed. And we want to help other people get that. Like, what was that thing? I was going to say, and we were in our mid thirties 
we had, when all of this started, um, we had two young children and it felt like at that point in time that all of the, all of the advice, all of the instruction, all of the teaching was around, you know, talk to your spouse and go on dates. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know how to talk to one another. We, there were other things like we weren't having sex. We weren't, you know, connecting on a lot of different levels. And the idea that we were just going to, you know, suddenly be able to sit down and talk to each other or even, you know, want to go out on a date was at that point in time. I mean, that just seemed painful. And back 12 years ago, let's, let's also remember podcast, podcasting, podcaster. Those weren't, those weren't words in our everyday lexicon. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. people didn't know what a podcast was. And so marriage, especially in the, around the marriage world, and even in the Christian marriage world, unless your pastor talked about it from the pulpit, maybe twice a year during During you know, February is usually like the relationship series. We're going to talk maybe two, three times. Mm -hmm. Where were you going? Where were you actually listening in um, to people who were actually going through the trenches, talking openly, honestly, and transparently about what was happening week mm. to week in their marriage. And I think that's where we came from. We were going like, you know what? We just want to share what's happening. This is what's going on with Tony and Elisa. This is how we're dealing with some of these things. These are the skills, the resources that we're, we're using. Mm-hmm. Check them out yourself. And then we begin to produce those resources ourselves and write the books and courses and things of that nature. I love that because that's the, that's really what I wanted to hear you guys say. A lot of times when someone is struggling with this thought of launching a podcast or you know a YouTube channel or writing a book, they might be tempted to think, well, someone's already has something like that. There's someone's already made content around that. And I often challenge them, yeah, but you haven't. Like the world hasn't heard your voice. Yeah. And again, like there were things from your story that you guys felt and saw. Like this is a need. There, there's a need in the market. And, and the world needed what you had to say about it. They needed to hear it from your perspective and, and the resources that you created. Mm-hmm. So I just, I hope our pastors and, and others listening to this will hear an, a word of encouragement in that, that even if there's a few other resources out there, or even if you're not the first to the market, the, the world still doesn't have your voice on that subject and there's value to be gained there. So as you guys are building out this, this platform, I'd love to hear just some of the nuts and bolts of like, I geek out on some of this stuff. Like how long did it take you to really start getting a following? Maybe uh-huh. if you don't mind, tell us, like, give us a snapshot of where you are today okay. and then, and then back up. And, and I'd love to hear like, when, when did you start to realize this could become more than just paying for the, the machinery to keep it going? Like this could actually become a profitable business for us. Tell the story if you don't mind. Yeah. So today, so we'll we'll go last year just because we know those numbers for sure. We've been we've been podcasting now since 2010 mm-hmm. uh, every week, and last year we did 2.5 million downloads for the entire year. Wow. Uh, that typically we're doing anywhere from 200 to 300 thousand downloads a month now. Uh, Pre-COVID, we were we were looking at 350 to 400 thousand downloads, mm-hmm. and I think we're still trying to figure some things out. People are still at home; they're not listening as much because they're not driving. Um, but they're 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 getting our resources in other ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where we are now with just the podcast. And when we started, here's the one thing I want to say to pastors: mm-hmm. that you're in a better spot than we were because we had 
nobody around us. Like we just started podcasting and said, this is our message and we're going to just go after it because we believe that people need to hear it. We didn't have anybody in our immediate circle. We didn't have anybody in a congregation. We, we didn't have anything like that. So you're ahead of us in that, in that respect. So when we started, there was no tracking. <laughs> 12 years ago, you couldn't track podcasts mm-hmm. and how many downloads you got. So I would suggest anybody when you're starting, don't look at the numbers, don't look at the stats, don't look at it because it more than likely will deter you from doing what you've been called to do because you're going to look mm-hmm. at numbers and you're going to value yourself around those numbers too early wow. and too quickly when you got to give yourself some time to grow and meet those people who need to hear your message. And so it wasn't until 2013 that stats started coming about when we we're like, oh, cool. So I put it on and the first full month of tracking, uh, I think we were right around 30,000 or 40,000 downloads for a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, to be very truthful, when we started this, we didn't know what it was going to become. No. We didn't know. I mean, what Tony didn't share with you is that when he first mentioned podcasting, I I am the most reluctant podcaster. I was like, and it's that whole disqualification that we do, right? It's like you were saying earlier. I sat there and said, who's going to listen to us, this nobody couple from San Diego? Yeah. And that was my whole thought. That's what I said to my husband. And, and yet, because we were just your average couple, because we knew that we were supposed to share this message and we got really consistent with it week in and week out for the last 12 years, um, we created a community of people. And that's what I would say to pastors, you know what your message is, right? You know how people's lives can be transformed by this. So don't, don't disqualify yourself. Just because you're pivoting maybe into a different, into a different niche or or speaking about something else than from the pulpit. Yeah. Because there's, you know, I mean, we could have disqualified ourselves a lot of times, you know, there there have been bazillion books written. We still write books. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. We good. Yep. Still change lives. Yeah. Okay. So as recently as last week, we could say this every week, by the way, the, the, the uh, interesting thing about what John and I are doing now is that there are so many different people are so gifted out there and there are a lot of different paths and ways to get there. That's all about calling. Right. Yep. But the thing that I love about this conversation I, and I can't wait until we can share, we're going to share this one. I think pretty quickly, I had a friend of mine uh, last week that contacted me. He's pivoted away from employment at the local church. Um, He's still every bit a pastor. His wife, every bit wants to serve the Christian community and, and others as well. They really do believe that God is leading them, calling them to do something together for couples, for married couples. Yeah. It's, it's, it's precisely what you all are, uh, where, where you are right now, the space that you're at right now. So I know that it's overwhelming to them, you know, because they're just now starting out. So if you would, back to what uh, part of what John was asking, what else does your current, you know, platform look like? We, we're going to talk about the book, but in terms of speaking or maybe couples retreats or anything, a couple on couple coaching that you all might do. I mean, what is the, what does that part of it look like? And then the second part of my question is if you were sitting down with these friends of mine, mm-hmm. 
it's it's a it's a big big elephant that they're looking at. They've got to start with small bites, one bite at a time. What are some of the, are, knowing what you do now? And you're right, Tony. The world is very very different. And, you know, even back then, it was blogging and writing, and hopefully maybe getting on a somebody's radio show or a morning talk show or something. Now the world's opened up, right? So, but, so, but there is a lot, what would you advise them to do to just get that thing started and move the ball down the field? My suggestion is how are you able to get the quickest feedback? Mm -hmm. I don't think that is through podcasting. I don't think it's through blogging, not to say that you can't do those things, but you really need to find clients. And especially in, in this respect, and Elisa does all of our coaching here at One Extraordinary Marriage. Uh, she has a vibrant coaching, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Business. Business. There we go. Thank <laughs> you very much. It's a six-figure coaching business. <laughs> Those <laughs> words that stump us sometimes. Yeah, what is that thing called? You know, <laughs> She's great. Um, but that is vibrant. It's alive. And over the last nine years, she has coached somewhere in the vicinity of like 400 plus couples. And that has allowed us to keep things moving forward because we're hearing what couples are saying, but it's also learning like, how do we, how do we serve our community? How do we serve marriages? But making sure that those who are coming in and getting coaching, there's an exchange. This isn't, this isn't free. This isn't like, we know lives get transformed. And so we had to work through that. So where can you serve people quickly and do that? Uh, some folks we know, they love the retreats. They already have places set up. They know, Hey, we, we got this center up in, in the woods, we're going to do something and we're going to invite our community. So that's a place where you can start where it's a quick win. You're getting people in the door. Um, and today, more than ever, you can text friends and just give them a Venmo or, Mm -hmm. you know, give them something that it's quick. It's easy. You don't need to make this complicated is what I tell a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You're making it too complicated. Make it real easy. I used to be in, um, it's called paintless dent repair. So I used to take dents out of cars. It wasn't crazy. Somebody would call me and say, Hey, I got a dent in my car. I say, great. Tell me the size. They tell me the size. I'd say, great. It's going to cost you this much. Mm -hmm. And they go, okay. I put them on my schedule, put them on my calendar. I'd show up. I take the dent out. They would pay me. Same thing when you're working with married folks. Like, hey, you have an issue. This is going on. Great. My services is this per hour. Here's how you can sign up. Here's how you can pay. Once you pay, then we can move forward and we'll get started. Anything just to kind of elaborate on what our business looks like. You know, Tony Mm -hmm. mentioned coaching there. Um, We're multifaceted. We have the podcast. We have coaching. We have books product sales, we do courses, we do live events, you know, so it really, but when we started, we started behind our computer, we started, we tried blogging, blogging was pain, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, blogging for us was very painful. Yeah, Um, We couldn't convey a lot of the nuance of what was going on in marriage through the written word. And that's why we went to podcasting because we could have a conversation once a week. Um, And we started, we wrote our first book. And, you know, what I would say to anybody considering either writing a book or, you know, being behind the microphones for a podcast, you know, first and foremost, those things are business cards. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do we make money off of them? We do. But more importantly, when I meet somebody and they're like, oh, tell me what what you do. I said, well, here, what's your favorite podcast player? Listen to me. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like I don't, I don't even carry business cards anymore. Cause I'm just like, Listen. or, you know, what have you done? I'm like, well, you know, six pillars of intimacy is our most recent bestseller. Pull it up on Amazon. You want to read this book. So uh, you can get into that place where mm-hmm. those assets speak for you and get people into your community, get people into your, I mean, we call it the one family, our tribe into your tribe. So they know, like, and trust you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. good. I was going to ask you guys a question, and and you already started going down that road a little bit, Tony, about mindset. Now, coming out of the business with a business background, you've already put your cards on the table and said this was not as big of a struggle for you as it is for many pastors. What I would contend, you take the average pastor who deals with a lot of marriage stuff um, or other ministry-related things, if they were to create a business around that, they would immediately be hit with this idea of how in the world can I charge people for this? I'm accustomed to getting a $30,000 a year salary and expected to do a lot of this just for free or in addition, over and above, in addition to my role as a pastor. So what would you say to that pastor that's struggling with that mindset of, man, is it really okay for me to charge people money to you know help keep their marriage into? How can I monetize people's, you know, struggles in marriage? Like, what would you say to that? Well, can I take this one? Let, let me just say this. Okay. I'll let you, yes, for sure. Because she is the coach. Um, we had that same mindset. Mm-hmm. Just because I came out of business didn't, doesn't mean that we don't have those same limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so we were very much of the well, we used to leave small groups around marriage stuff. So we would sit with yeah. couples and we would just talk to them there. And, and so how are we going to shift? And so as our platform grew and people would email us, Elise and I would sit down and we would look at these 3000 word emails and, and really just think about it and pray upon them and go, okay, this is what, how we're going to respond. And then we would respond and we wouldn't even get a thank you back. Wow. And I will tell you, once we got a number of those and we started going, wait a minute here, we're not seeing the transformation. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not seeing the fruit of what we're pouring into. We started to shift and, and it took us a little while, but once we did, um, and I'll let Elisa tell her, her side of the story, but from my side of the story was once we began to do that, people people really respected who she is and what she brings to the table. And so for them to pay, they know they're going to get their breakthrough and they're more than happy to pay because they know they have access to her for that 50 minute call that they get with her once a week, once every other week, whatever they, whatever they choose to do. But the breakthrough that we get is astronomically different. Hmm. And that's where I sit and I go, that's why it's important that we do charge them for it because then they value it mm-hmm. and they don't take us for granted. Yeah. And when they take us for granted, we don't feel good. And we, we get, we just get taken out. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I, I mean, he pretty much said everything I was going to say, but it. <laughs> the other part of that too is, you know, and we have, we have a lot of friends who are pastors. We see this burnout is a real thing. Yeah. Yep. Right. When, when you're giving of yourself and you're not being compensated for it, I'm not saying you have to charge, you know, an arm and a leg and just feel like you're robbing people. But when you, when you price your services at a fair value for what you give, 
then when you're sitting across from someone and you're getting in the weeds with them in their lives, in their marriage, and you're strategizing and you're spending this time and you're investing this time with them. And there's a compensation for that. Like Tony said, first of all, they value it a lot more. I can tell you, we have so many miracle stories from people that invested in their marriage through coaching did the work showed up. Why did they show up? Cause like I tell everybody, nobody pays me to just sit and stay in the same spot. You right. pay me to help you get breakthrough. Right. And because of that, they're invested in that. And so when they get the breakthrough and I can virtually high five them, cause I do everything on zoom, then they feel really good. I feel really good. And I'm so energized about what I do. But when I was sending those emails and nobody was saying thank you because we weren't charging for them. And even when we first started coaching, when I first started coaching yeah, and my, my pricing was lower, I will tell you the burnout was a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And the, there, we had to find what that equilibrium was for me specifically when it came to coaching. Mm-hmm. But now the coaching business or the coaching aspect of our business is a six figure income stream for us. I love that. And my clients are super happy. They're getting the breakthrough and I'm super happy, but here's the thing. People will work with what they value Yep. Yeah. and they value, you know, I mean, <laughs> start putting your money there. People will value that. Yep. hundred percent. And, and Tony, I'm glad you shared that about that. You did struggle initially oh, yeah. because what I heard you say right before that is when you were taking dents out of cars, you had no problem saying, this is my fee for that service. And yet when it comes to this intangible thing about helping couples not in their marriage in divorce, now it's like, Ooh, how can I charge for that? And that's where so many pastors are. Like we, we have no problem paying our mechanic to fix our transmission, but somehow we, we put saving a marriage as less valuable than that, or we struggle to charge what we're worth to, to serve people. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are just sharing openly about the mindset, because it's a common struggle, I think, especially for those of us in, in in ministry as pastors, we've been very much conditioned with our mindset around money that, you know, man, I, I need to learn to not have much of that money stuff and, and just give, give, give. And I think it's part of why we see pastors burning out by the thousands every month and, and leaving ministry. It's not only a money issue, but it's part of it. Like they're struggling financially and they're just, they have nothing left to give. So I'm I'm grateful to you guys for sharing that. Yeah. So and that was probably a slow burn, right? I mean, I, I would imagine that there was a gradual. You all got a little more comfortable, a little more comfortable, a little more comfortable as it began to grow. So was there something though? Was there was there a relationship or a breakthrough or a book that seemed to just do better than other or a, or a retreat or an event or a or a um, a coaching relationship or a mastermind group? Was there something that helped you sort of that, that was a tipping point for the business side of it to where you said, you know what, man, this, this thing's gonna, it can work. I can definitely tell you there was one conversation between Tony and I, where I remember him coming home. He was still doing dents at the time. And, you know, he looked at me and he said, if, if one extraordinary marriage doesn't actually start to make money, I'm pulling the plug on this thing. Like we can't just keep putting money into it and not seeing something come back. And that was really, I think when I took ownership of the coaching Mm -hmm. side of the business and said, all right, like I'm going to go after this and, you know, have seen huge increases year over year over year. But at the same time, I'm like, I know the Holy spirit is a factor in every single one of my coaching sessions. I have no problem telling my coaching clients uh, specifically if they're Christian, if they're not, I don't, 
freak them out by saying God's in the middle of this. And they're like, what are you talking about? But I tell my Christian coaching clients, I pray before, during, and after I know when the Holy spirit shows up because I say something I know nothing about, but it lands hundred percent for this couple. And as we, and I think the other aspect, not just that conversation, but we switched churches about five years, no, seven, seven years, years ago, ago now. And we stepped into a church that, that really spoke about, you know, signs, miracles, and wonders. Yeah. And we said, what does that look like for our business? What does it look like for us to be able to not just receive that at church on a Sunday, but pour it out into the one family on, um, you know, Monday through Saturday. Mm. And that really has been such a huge mm. shift for us. Yeah. Les, that's a great question. And I feel like for us, it's been an uphill battle at times, you know, we get a win and it's like, yeah, that's it. Mm. Boom. Like, this is going great. And then we'll, we'll sort of slide a little bit and then we'll, we'll, we'll reconvene and we'll, we'll talk and go, okay, this, this is what we're going to do now. And boom, we hit it. Um, and, and it, and we're growing. And then you take something like COVID hits and we are really getting in, in our stride with conferences and, and mm-hmm. going out to churches and, and holding those. And then that got all shut down. And, mm-hmm. and I had sold my other business right before that all happened. And so I, I would love to say there was just this one thing, but it was multi, it's been multiple things. It's been multiple books. It's been listening uh, to multiple podcasts. It's mm-hmm. reading books at different times that just hit us mm-hmm. and go, okay, how do we do this here? Um, and I have no qualm telling anybody that, hey, if this is your passion and right now you have to run a full-time mm-hmm. thing to keep to get this thing going, mm-hmm. there's no harm, there's no foul. I mean, I ran my other business for nine years. We've been doing this for 12. I ran that business for nine years as we were getting one extraordinary marriage to a point where we felt like we could just together go, it's enough for the other business and let's go. And even that was scary. One of y'all know Nick Pavlidis. Nick yes. is my ghostwriting coach as well as a good friend. And Nick, yes. Nick's way of, of, of saying that is, man, don't kill the golden goose nope. until you have another golden goose. So it's okay. Keep that thing alive. Yes, absolutely. And it takes a lot of juggling when you're mm-hmm. doing both. Um, you know, our, our kids were younger when we were doing both, you know, watching the tension between, you know, the dent dude and one extraordinary marriage. And what does that look like? Um, but being in this place of saying, how do we, how do we do this as a team mm-hmm. and not just have it fall solely on one person's shoulders? Yeah. Oh. One another question. For, I want to I want to ask you guys about your book, but I have another question before yeah. I go there about coaching. Because again, we we have some in Entree Pastors. We have different pathways that we kind of encourage pastors to consider going down. One is what we call the information based path, which is kind of what you guys are doing. It's taking your intellectual knowledge, and there's multiple ways you can leverage that. And we've mentioned so many of them here through a podcast or blogging or a book or courses or live events, coaching. I want to talk to you about coaching, uh, Elisa, specifically. Um, When did you, like, how did you become a coach? How did you navigate that? Because I heard you say at the beginning of this conversation years ago, you guys were just an ordinary couple. You weren't coaching anybody. So how did you become a coach? How do you get started in that? And how have you become a great coach over the years? So it originally started because we were getting all these emails in and we didn't know what to do with them right? People, people would hear us tell our story and they would send us an email talking about their story. And inevitably the last line would be help. 
or what would you advise or tell me what to do? And I'm like, well, I know what I, you know, in my brain, I'm thinking, I know what I would tell you to do. And then we got to the point where we're like, well, well, what happens if we actually just share, here's what we would do. And we were already doing it on the podcast. It was stepping into this place of saying, could we send an email back? Like, let me do this. And so we started responding first and foremost, um, just to the emails mm-hmm. as they came in. And then people are like, well, can I talk to you? I'm like, ah, what does that mean? What do you, you know? Yeah. And, and I actually did go and get certified as a life coach. Cause I was like, even though I had a psychology degree, my undergraduate is psychology. Um, it was one of those things where I was making the decision. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I want to actually have mm-hmm. some knowledge on best practices and that type of thing. And it's been about nine years now, nine years, nine years. And, you know, as like you were saying, there's been this confidence that has grown, um, you know, for me over the years, you know, at first I would like, literally, if somebody said, yeah, I just want to coach with you, I'd be like, great, let's coach. And, you know, let's do it. But over the years, we've developed an application, mm-hmm. uh, which has been tremendously successful. And I actually, um, I share with everyone, if you want to coach, have an application on the front end. One, it's going to weed out all the people that will not take time to fill out an application. Yeah, right. that's good. Two, it's going to give you insights in like our application specifically asks about what the current situation is, what they've tried, what's worked and what hasn't. Why? Because I want to know where we're starting from. Yep. And then I also get like, sometimes it just weeds people out. I look and see what some of the marriage situations are that they're presenting. And, you know, if we've got deep addiction, if we've got deep trauma, that's not my wheelhouse. And so that allows me to say, you know what, here, you know, a lot of times I'm actually referring back to, you know, who's in the local community. Mm-hmm. Because I know that these folks are going to need people that they can see face to face. I, you know, we're heard in 150 countries. I do everything on Zoom. I was yeah. Zooming before Zoom was Zoom. Yeah. Um, can I say one thing though, too? Again, if you're a pastor and you've already been doing this sort of thing, like you've already been talking to people, mm-hmm. you've already you've already had people across the desk from you sharing their marriage, mm-hmm. um, what's going on, the struggles, pornography, whatever it may be. Because some of you, some of you may be like, man, I just I really want to go after this pornography mm-hmm. thing. And so you may really just want to hone in on on men and and working with them and putting them in a like in a group or something. You've already had these conversations. This is all the stuff that we had to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't have this training. We didn't, we didn't start a, a, a church and go through this. This was this was our training ground. So what took what's taken us nine years would probably take you about a year. That's good. That's encouraging, you know, because I had when I hired a coach back in 2019, that's exactly what he said to me is John, you've been coaching people for years. You just haven't been getting paid very well for it. You're getting paid <laughs> like a pastor. I can show you how to build a business around that skill of yes. coaching. Cause I had people reaching out from all over to, to ask questions and get insight and clarity and it's called coaching. So I didn't realize I was a coach. I thought I was a pastor. So I, I feel like for many pastors, like you said, they have a very natural skill set and experience that has built up over the years that could easily be leveraged and pivoted just a little bit to, to go down this road and serve people. Uh, so it's something we talk about a lot in our community is, is coaching as, as a business. So let's talk about the book real quick. Tony, you sent me a copy of this, Six Pillars of Intimacy. I read it. I loved it. How long ago did you guys write the book? Tell us a little bit about it and where we can get it. All right. So we released the book in November of 2021. It's our sixth book. It is by far our cornerstone book. Mm -hmm. It's taken us 12 years to get to this place where we really felt like 
this is a book that marriages need. Mm -hmm. And it's our desire to really see marriages be a team. And so um, we wrote the book. It was published, like I said, in November. Uh, If you want to get it, please do sixpillarsofintimacy.com. That'll just take you to Amazon, grab whatever version you want, edition you want there. Um, But it started in 2020, right? Yeah, 2020 in the middle of Mm -hmm. COVID. We, our church... um, here in San Diego actually said, you know what, we need to pour into marriages. Doesn't matter that we're on lockdown. Our marriages still need support. And so they chose to do a one day event and invited us to speak. And prior to that, we've been known, um, if you look at our collection of shows, if any of you go and take a look at all the podcasts, we do talk about sex a lot. We had been known for talking about sex. But as we were all in the middle of COVID, Tony says, it's not just about sex right now. Like we actually have to, we have to change up what we're talking about because the couples, our friends, you know, need so much more right now. Yeah. And so what we did is we gave this 30 minute presentation. We actually called it the power six when we presented it. And I happened to have one slide and it had six pillars and it had just like a triangle as a rooftop. And I remember just getting off the stage And our pastors, our campus pastors turned to us and they're Mm -hmm. like, wow, we have some pillars we need to work on. And I was like, pillars, what pillars? Went into the lobby during a break. People were like, those pillars were amazing. We have pillars we got to work on. And it didn't hit us until the next day that I was like, oh, they're talking about the pillars on that image. Mm -hmm. And and, And these are just things that happen as you start diving into different areas, things start to show up. And so we're like, wow, six pillars of intimacy. It's available. There's nobody searching this. It's like, it's a big blue ocean. And uh, we started there and we started sharing it with the one family. Mm -hmm. We started changing our talk because everybody would come up to us and say, well, I want more intimacy, mainly guys. And and I would be like, so you want more sex? What, what, like there's different intimacies. And Mm -hmm. we just started diving into it. And then that's where um, we just started talking to people. Again, if you're a pastor, you probably already have something. You already have a framework. You probably already have principles that you are telling people time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. That's what the six pillars of intimacy are. And so June of last year, we started writing the book. Elisa wrote the book. Um, I just give my thoughts and we just powered through it and we just went after it. And it's just been such a godsend um, to get that out there because now we speak around the six pillars of intimacy. You're talking about coaching and everything. We're starting a certification around the six pillars of intimacy because people do want to know how Elisa does her coaching. People want to understand how can they do this in their own church, in their own community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where it's it's headed. But yeah, that's that's a, the, the little bit about six pillars of intimacy. Well, I love that. I, I have one more question before we <laughs> go backstage with you guys. And uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about this dynamic of doing business, like building a business slash ministry with your spouse. Some, some spouses would want nothing to do with that and say, we'd kill each other. Like, how do you guys do it? Like speak to some of the the unique dynamics of being in business with your spouse and building that together. It is a very unique relationship. It's a journey. Um, And we have the added dynamic of the fact that our business is marriage. Yes. So not only are we married, a married couple, but we're also like, talk about we it. talk about marriage all the time. And, and one of the pitfalls, and I would say this is for anybody that is thinking about working with your spouse is you've got to have clear boundaries on when you're talking business and when you're connecting as husband and wife. Cause back in the day when we had jobs that we didn't work together, like I'd go off to work and I'd come home and I'd be like, let me tell you about my day. Well, 
my day now is spent in conversation with him. So it's like, well, let's just keep talking about our day. And so the other thing too is um, from an early standpoint, if you're working with your spouse, you're considering working with your spouse, start to identify what your individual strengths are. Mm-hmm. Early on, we, we ran into a lot of tension and sometimes we still do yeah. by trying to do something that the other person is naturally gifted at or, or has an affinity for. And when, and it would not be so, you know, so comfortable for me to do something that Tony does, but I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And then I'd be like, I don't want to do it, you know? And he's like, I can just totally take that and run with it. And when we started to go, okay, where are your strengths? What do you like to do? It became clear, like Tony would never coach. Here's why. Here's what Tony's coaching sounds like. I can sum it up in like two sentences. Stop doing that. Start doing that. (laughs) Brilliant. That's, that's, that's yeah. basically my coaching style. So when people would ask, I'm just like, she's a marriage coach. And that's really good to have delineation. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. Have delineation of what you do well, what your spouse does well. Mm-hmm. And stay in those lanes. You don't need to walk into their lane. Now, could you can you step in there and help them out sure. and give give suggestions? Absolutely. But that's their lane. You know your strengths, you know their strengths. And and that has helped us a lot. Do do we love it? Yeah. I mean. I am truly a blessed man that I get to be here and spend my days with Elisa talking about something we love that we're passionate about, but we also have our own outside interests. You know, I, I love road cycling. Um, I've gotten into some investing with my, my older son. Um, so I have my own interests. Elisa has her own interests as well. So it still gives us the ability to, Oh, okay. I have my, I'm my own person still doing my thing over here. Yep. That makes sense. I was going to ask, like, have you ever been in the middle of a fight between the two of you? And then be like, that'd be a great podcast episode. Let's talk about that. Like, have you ever like brought those two worlds together? (laughs) I I can't tell you how many times, (laughs) John, like after I'm like, guess what we're talking about next week's show. Yeah. We're talking about you and your problems. That's what we're, we're talking, talking about. about next what week. just happened. Yes. But that's, I mean, partly, you know, some, if, you know, pastors are thinking about going into it, like you start when you're coaching and working with people, you start to get into this place where you can see how can I make that be something I can share with my audience? Because if I'm experiencing it, well, nobody exists in a vacuum. If you're experiencing something, likely whatever you're teaching around, whatever your community is, they're experiencing, but they need to hear it again from your voice, from your perspective. Yeah, that's Everything good. You. That's great. Yeah. So if people wanted to connect with you guys and your podcast, what's the best way for them to find you online and connect? Yeah, best way to, to connect with us, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You'll find everything there from the show to multiple articles. You'll find the six pillars of intimacy, other books, products, and everything else that we're doing. Fantastic. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes of this episode. All right. Here's the backstage. I'll set it up and uh, then you guys can tell me if you want to answer this. Don't answer it on this side out on the front stage. We'll wait till we get to the backstage. But I noticed you recently, you guys, uh, we have a mutual connection in Dan Miller. And yes. if you know who Dan Miller, if you know, you know, right. Dan Miller has yes. been a huge Love him. Um, uh, influence in my life and in Les's life. And I know recently you guys connected with him and had a coaching conversation. I'm not asking you to reveal like details of that, but what I'm going to ask you to speak to backstage is how you got to where you are from a standpoint of having other people like Dan, and I'm sure countless others pour into you to get to where you are. I know in our American rugged individualism, we like to idealize this, you know, solopreneur that made it all on his own, pulled himself up by his bootstraps. But the truth is, People who are succeeding in their arena did not get 
there on their own. They had people help them and speak into that. So I'm going to maybe ask you, you can share as much as you want about your time with Dan, but maybe just talk about the people that have coached you along the way. Does that sound like something you guys would be willing to talk about backstage with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. 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 All right. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for your time. Love the work that you're doing in the world. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Well, there you go. Good stuff from Tony and Elisa. And for those of you that are premium subscribers to our backstage content, just stick around a few more minutes and we'll be joining Tony and Elisa backstage. But uh, as we get ready to sign off, Les, we just want to remind our audience that we are still running our $1 trial offer to our Entree Pastor membership community. And I just want to say it like this for anyone listening. If you hear someone like Tony and Elisa and what they're doing and think, man, I've got an idea. I've got a message. I've got something I could serve people with. We can help you do that inside of our membership community. We are creating that environment where not only is there the content, the courses available, but there's the support, one another, a group to gather around and cheer you on and support you down that path. And Les, tell them how they can join and be a part of that and tell them about the the price for the first 30 days. Yeah, so just as you wouldn't normally buy a home without being able to look in the inside, maybe to help you make a decision, an informed decision, you can get inside and look around. So for $1 for a 30-day trial, you can do that. Just go to entrepastors.com forward slash trial and go from there. Did you say $1 less? Are we really doing this thing for $1? We're really doing it. We're really doing it for a buck. A U.S. dollar. I, we need, I need to talk to someone about that. I don't know if I ever agreed and signed off on that. But no, seriously, guys, great, great opportunity for you to just get inside the membership, see what's there, and uh, and let us support you and begin walking beside you on your entree pastor journey. So we'd love to have you join us there. So, hey, for those of you that have not yet left a rating and review of this podcast, this is a favor we would ask of you as we're signing off here. We would be so grateful if you would go to iTunes or whatever platform you consume your podcast through and just leave a rating and review of this show. It's a very simple way that you can stroke our egos. I mean that you can help us get this out in front of more people. That's really what happens. Something with the algorithm there that puts it in front of more people, the more they see people interacting with it. So thank you for those of you that have done that already. And uh, thanks in advance to those of you that will go and do that. We're grateful for it. Good show, Les. Thanks for being here, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya.